freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Episode number 311 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, which is a new name, but a familiar name. As you know, we have just recently transitioned out of the retail firearms business, and we are moving into our already existing sister company, Pot of Gold Auctions, with the AZ Firearms name. And so now we are AZ Firearms Auctions, your nationwide hometown auction where you set the price. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Defending Freedom Action Summit. And our guest is Tyler Izagiri. Tyler is the president and founder of the Second Amendment Institute, a national nonprofit organization that focuses on education advocacy for the Second Amendment. He's also the nation field director for Students for Self-Defense, a, nas a national college program that fights for self-defense rights of college students. On Tyler is the organizer of the Defending Freedom Action Summit in Arlington, VA. Absolutely. Welcome back to the show, Tyler. It's been too long. It has been. I always love your intros. And uh, Dan, I know words are hard, especially on a Monday. Words are hard <laughs> for me every day. You know, I, I don't have the I don't have the education like you guys have. Education. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. This is great. So since we last spoke, um, lots of amazing things and not so amazing things have happened uh, around the nation. And so uh, it's pretty exciting for me that um, getting the whole world is starting to get back to whatever normal is, right? And in-person events are starting to come back in fashion. And uh, the Second Amendment Institute has one to announce. Yeah, it'll be our second uh, annual National Conference Defending Freedom Action Summit in uh, September 25th to 26th in Richmond, Virginia this year, uh, right in downtown on the water, uh, beautiful area, um, you know, beautiful venue, and hopefully some beautiful people. So I'm um, pretty excited for it, and uh, it's coming along quite nicely. That's so exciting. And... Uh, your governor uh, there in Virginia just made a, a fairly sizable announcement for the world we're living in, which we are sitting in the studio on Monday, May 17th of 2021. And so uh, what was the, the big announcement there in Virginia? Yeah, um, King Northam came out and said uh, <laughs> this Saturday that they're ending the mask requirements and if you're vaccinated, and um, 
come next week, he's going to end the indoor capacity restrictions as well. Um, it was quite nice to see our commandant in chief, Joe Biden, um, you know, say last week, if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask anymore. And then magically all Americans became vaccinated overnight, like myself. So um, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty big news. You know, we'll be able to have a full uh, attending conference instead of, you know, 60 people, 400 people. Uh, and with the lineup that we have, um, that's what I'm expecting. Oh, well, so how are they going to tell if people are vaccinated or not, uh, Tyler? I mean, do you wear, have a, do you wear a, a tattoo on your arm or what do you do? <laughs> Don't give them any ideas. Well, I think the people that are asking if you're vaccinated should have armbands, like a certain group in the 1940s. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, businesses can't ask if you're vaccinated. Um, and, you know, that's the great thing about the HIPAA laws and Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of not really gun rights related, but you know, well, it kind of is because you know, if you're concealed carrying, they can't ask you if you're concealed carrying either. <laughs> um, you know, if, if someone asked me if, you know, I was vaccinated, I'd ask if, you know, you know, you, you ask people if you have the flu or, you know, you don't. Um, so it really mm -hmm. helps us out a lot with this conference and it allows us to have um, the, the size uh, of attendees that we want. So I'm pretty um, excited about it. Well, you know, I, I was vaccinated. So was Cheryl. <laughs> Do you know that we got vaccinated? I did it uh, when I was about three years that. old. <laughs> three, I think I was about three when I got the photo right. of vaccination. That's right. we so we're vaccinated. <laughs> we're set, ready to go. Right? Vaccinated for what is the different story. But, but that's the thing is, you know, can you imagine if you walked into a store and somebody said, could you please tell us about your last uh, prostate exam? Or could you please share with us the, res talk about. <laughs> the results of your last pap smear? I mean, this is private, personal, medical uh, information and it is nobody's business. And if somebody is vaccinated, then they're good. It doesn't matter if anybody else around them is uh, or is not. It's kind, of, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, the CDC said that, well, first, you know, fascist Fauci was like, oh, the vaccine doesn't work unless everyone's vaccinated. Well, if that's the case, then the vaccination doesn't work, period. Um, so it's just, exactly. you know, all I care about is that the governors are starting to let up because Fauci got caught paying Wuhan labs $300 million, whatever it was. And, mm -hmm. you know, New York is still a little bit behind, but every time someone accuses um, Andrew Cuomo of sexual harassment, he eases up even more. So I'm looking for the 10th or 11th person to come through. I mean, the guy should be in jail. He killed off 40,000 seniors, but um, again, not a very gun-friendly state either. Um, mm -mm. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, surprise, surprise. They're all about their control. And, and not about taking any responsibility for the consequences of their actions. And it's just a, really, we should all look at them as a model for exactly what not to do. And um, the thing about the, talking go about ahead. the conference, uh, thankfully to just give you about freedom, about mm -hmm. what you can do to defend the constitution. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what our speakers are all about. You know, we have Congressman Pete Sessions from Texas, who's a, who's a powerhouse in the GOP, and we have, um, you know, former U.S. Secretary Ryan Zinke. Um, Y'all are getting like the first dibs on this too, because I haven't really given out my full speaker list. Uh, Congressman Madison Cawthorn from North Carolina, 
um, and a few other gun packing uh, members of Congress will be there as well, who I can't really say right now, but it's going to be um, certainly a well-attended event with some, some powerhouse gun rights speakers. Absolutely. And that is um, fun that we kind of got the first glance at that here on, on Gun Freedom Radio. And you've been working hard putting the, the event together and putting the bringing the speakers together. And it's going to be a wonderful event. I got to go to the first one, which was actually two years ago, because as we were just saying, uh, last year COVID. <laughs> I know, COVID. did last COVID. year even happen? I mean, it's like, you know, birthdays were canceled, weddings were canceled, funerals were canceled. Um, How do you cancel funerals? You I, don't die? I don't know. I don't know. They were doing drive-by funerals for a while. Drive yeah, I guess so. Crazy. And so we didn't get to have our Defending Freedom Action Summit at a time when we really needed it more than ever. But, um, but two years ago, we had our first annual uh, it was tremendous uh, as far as the companies that came out and sponsored. Uh, there were several that obviously I, I knew, but I got to meet new uh, companies because of their involvement in this. And, uh, you know, we've continued to do business with them and it's just a great opportunity. Uh, I think we're still accepting sponsorships even now, are we not? We are and um, all sponsorships, you know, come with certain things and I'm happy to do custom sponsorships to work within budgets. Um, I say the more the merrier. Um, of course, we are looking for some presenting sponsors, which is always nice. And you get some pretty good perks this year too. I mean, you know, the top two sponsorships, you're going to get a suite at the hotel for the weekend and you're going to get, you know, some, some luxury transportation, um, you know, just to sweeten the pot, just to, you know, uh, convince people to, you know, give us our, give us your money so we can, put on this incredible event. Absolutely, these things take money, they take time. And, uh, you know, it is always our, our shop, AZ Firearms and our brand here, Gun Freedom Radio, you know, we've sponsored uh, several of the things that you've been involved in uh, besides the Defending Freedom Action Summit. And it has been such a win-win because, you know, we know that we're putting our money towards uh, outreach and networking and building community and educating people. And then, you know, the people that show up at these events, they really want to support the companies that they see supporting their values. And so it's it's been a tremendous thing for us. And I, I highly recommend it for anybody thinking about um, being a sponsor. We'll be there this year, right? Yeah, we'll definitely yeah, be there. Arms will be there. You know, it's always great having you guys there. Um, I hope Cassie and the kids can make it too. Uh, nice to have the family there, and we're yeah. thinking about doing a, um, a mixer dinner Friday night uh, with one of the speakers. Um, and that'll be a separate ticket, though. Um, I'm thinking maybe Marjorie Green from Georgia, but we'll we'll, we'll see if, if she'll uh, give her time up for an old friend. I love it. She is a mover and a shaker right out of the gate. I mean, this is her freshman year, and I think she has gained more press and and why that's important is because the things that she's saying and doing whether you love it or you don't love it uh she is 
she is changing conversations. She is impacting conversations. And uh, that's how you become effective. You start people thinking about what is going on in our government. And she has been tremendous at that. Um, she's supposed to be at a speaker event here in Arizona, I think later this week. And I, I'm hoping yeah, I get a chance. Matt are doing their freedom tour right now. Yeah. Yeah. Florida, they've got some more coming up. Absolutely. I met her just briefly during one of our DC project um, events a, few, a couple of years ago before she even ran for office. And so then to see, you know, what she has done with her, her time and her energy, and especially her dad had brain cancer this whole last year and just passed away. And I'm thinking all that she dealt with in the political political realm, and then to have that family um, situation going on at the same time. I mean, she is built of the strongest steel and I, I just, I really have to admire her. So it'd be great to have her as a speaker. So um, students, being able to protect themselves uh, on college campuses to us to people like us seems like a no-brainer most students are adults once they are attending college and yet they are treated by colleges as children where self-defense is the topic uh, the so second amendment institute is involved in that conversation at the college level across the nation talk to us about what uh, what that program is. Right, so Students for Self-Defense have been running since 2016, and we've we recruited a couple thousand students. Um, like everyone, COVID hurt us a lot just with getting on college campuses and having a voice on college campuses, recruiting students. So come uh, the next semester, once these campuses are easing up on their COVID restrictions, we plan to get back on campuses in full force and you know, we go to the colleges, we'll set up a table, be like, hey, you know, if you can carry pepper spray on campus, or do you want to be able to define yourself on campus? And a lot of these kids, college students, young adults, sorry, don't know what the rules are. And um, a lot of the university policies don't put in there what the rules are. So it's pretty arbitrary. So we like, we like to go on the campus, help them organize, help them end pepper spray bans. Uh, we did that up at a college in Boston a few years ago. And um, that's pretty much what we do because in order to secure our freedom's future, we have to equip college students with the tools they need and the education required to carry on the flame for freedom uh, for us. I just made that up, flame for freedom. I like that. I like that too. And you know, it's funny how, you know, it kind of rolls off the tongue when you say college, then the word kids comes out naturally next of college kids. And I think that's been working against us in this particular realm. Because when I went to college, I had already been married several years. I already had a two age, uh, a two year old uh, daughter. And I was certainly not a college kid. And most of my classmates were uh, of similar um, age and, and similar life experience by that point. And so it really grates against me when I hear people use that argument about, well, you know, you can't have a bunch of crazy college kids running around. Well, wait a minute. First of all, you know, uh, whatever happened to our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, does it just end at the sidewalk? You know, here in Arizona, on one side of the sidewalk, we have constitutional carry. We don't need anybody's permission to uh, own a gun, carry a gun. 
And then on the other side of the sidewalk, walk onto ASU or NAU or U of A, and suddenly it, it's like it's a different country uh, as far as uh, our rights go. And it, it's, it really needs to stop. You mean they have crime on the, in colleges? Go figure. And they, 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 they don't have to have police there and stuff? Don't they have their own police? <laughs> Colleges are crime-free zones. Come on, Dan, you know that. I I, I should have known that. But you know, I think like a lot of people... What's that? Just like they're drug-free zones, too. You yeah. know, you drug-free zone. To the, you right. Know, part. So there's sure a sign, so therefore it is, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people that you... They'd laugh if you if you told them that uh, they don't allow uh, pepper spray in their college. Yeah, I, I, go ahead. Sorry? I, know. I, I use the, the two big phrases, you know, I use the stat that 96% of mass shootings occur in, in gun-free zones. And I also argue the fact that how does someone who has the right to constitutional carry or a concealed carry license, how are they less responsible once they're on a college campus? Right. You know, they're not. If you, if you look at, you know, the big wave of concealed carry on campus that started, you know, five, six years ago, and um, John Lott actually put out a statistic, I think like last year of accidental shootings or, you know, you know, discharges of firearms on college campuses of which there were 12 and they were all teachers with accidental fires. You know, someone shot themselves in the leg when they were in the restroom, you know, just stupid stuff like that. Not college kids going out partying with their gun, you know, a lot of these states, a lot of the college students in these states, either, you know, they grow up with firearms or it's instilled with them responsible firearm ownership. And that's what we do. Say, if you're going to own a gun, you got to be responsible with it. You know, don't bring it to a party, you know, which I haven't seen any reports of. Um, actually, I did see a report of a, I think it was a DEA agent who was at a party drinking and did a backflip and his firearm discharged. So, I mean... <laughs> College students, yes. Federal agents, no. Uh, no. It's like, it just goes to show you who are the real responsible adults here. Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta, I guess you have to look at, you know, an accident can happen. The more responsible you are, the less of a chance that's happening. And um, that shouldn't restrict people from having the right to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. Because crime is gonna happen whether or not there's a sign that says, no crime area, mm -hmm. right? If you put a sign that says uh, no murders in the state of Arizona, when you come in the border, there'll be no murders in the state of California, of Arizona. Well, is that going to stop them? Some people I, must think so. I, I agree. And you can you can look up, colleges are required every year to receive federal funding to, to uh, publish their crime statistics. And note that these, oh, these crime statistics are only crimes that get uh, processed not like it's an arrest right. in police. So, I mean, you look at some of these universities and they got like aggravated assault, they've got rape, they've got, you know, all these, and then some of the numbers are in the, in the hundreds annually for some of the colleges. Um, I know Brown University is pretty high and that's an Ivy League school. Um, so it just goes to show you that no matter where you are, crime is gonna happen and you have the right to defend yourself and be ready for it. Right. If I carry a gun, I'm responsible for that. If I have an accidental discharge, I could go to jail for that. I could lose my house. I could lose everything. And there are colleges where people are allowed to carry. Do we see statistics that show that that's a bad thing to do? Or are we seeing that crime actually goes down and that there is not uh, 
very many reported accidents with the guns. Well, we know universities are going to, if, if a student does happen to stop a crime with their you know, concealed carry uh, firearm, they're not gonna report it. Right. You know, um, we, we, we barely see crime stopped by you know, firearms. The FBI doesn't even report it. They just say, um, you know, incidents with firearms with no charges pressed. And uh, universities are going to do what they can to hide those numbers, hide those statistics, because they don't want people to see that, wow, responsible students carrying firearms actually reduces crime. Um, and that's just the issue that we're faced with. So we, you know, we go to college campuses, we focus on, you know, what we call, you know, behind the Iron Curtain states, so New Jersey, New York, Maryland, those kind of states that we go in there, we say, look, you know, guns aren't the problem. Crime is the problem. Criminals are the problem, you know? Um, and once we introduce students to it and they get a feel for it and they're okay with it, imagine that. Right. Well, if they don't, if they don't think they need firearms in the college campuses, then they surely don't need the police departments in the college campuses because that means there's no crime. That's an interesting point. And uh, before I start getting a bunch of emails and texts, because you said accidental discharge is it also known as a negligent discharge right because right, right it could be either one i mean you could have an accident you could be you know even the thing is that a responsible gun owner knows that if i discharge my firearm when i'm not wanting to discharge my firearm it's it's, it's negligent, negligent. So it is. it's just, still an accident right. but it's it because it's, it's your both. responsibility right, right. um because i just gun, know that that's a hot button word that gun, people are going right, to write about. i like that better negligent discharge yeah. but when it's a police officer or federal agent then it's an accident right yeah. not yeah, a, right. Right, right exactly and see that's right. the thing is we in the second amendment community we take responsibility for ourselves uh, and our actions. And so if you say it's accidental, well, that's like an act of God or something, you no, know, it, but it, if it's negligent, then there's only one person to so. look at. But I, I, I still, it, it is an accident that is negligent. Okay. <laughs> but okay. So, I mean, for the people that are on the other side, listening to the story, listen to us today, uh -huh. I just want you to know, if you take a gun and you load it to the max mm -hmm. and you set it on a table and nobody can interact with it and it can't be touched, that gun could never, ever, ever go off by itself. Even if it has a high capacity Even magazine? Even if you had two high capacity mags set beside <laughs> each other and a TV showing them how to do it. The gun cannot go off without some kind of interaction. He speaks the truth, right, Tyler? Right? And as, as much as, um, as, as far left as Seth MacFarlane is, who produces Family Guy and American Dad, there's, there's one clip in American Dad where He's arguing with his, you know, liberal, you know, daughter, and she goes, "Guns kill people." And he goes, "Oh, really? Guns kill people?" Puts his loaded gun on the table. Go ahead, gun kill, kill. See, guns don't kill people. People kill people. And oh, uh, I'm surprised like, about that. He's probably making fun of us, but you oh, know, right. now, now they're going to just say that guns don't follow instructions. <laughs> they don't follow orders. Oh, I told God. you to kill, and you didn't do it. So, I mean, that's, that's how deep they'll go with that. I mean, if you can even think that a gun could kill somebody. Um, All by itself. By itself, then, you know. It's a what phobia. It really is. There's even a word for it, hoplophobia. Right. Uh, and, you know, it, there, it's one of the only, until I saw COVID come around, was the only thing that I ever saw other people try to encourage each other to gain a phobic response towards something. 
you know, it was guns and now it's, you know, germs. So uh, it, we have to be, I don't know if we have to be logical people, but it'd be nice if we were logical human beings and, and thought these things. The problem through. is, Tyler, you know, we've interviewed several people that have been in colleges that have become victims mm -hmm. that are responsible gun owners that kept their guns at home because they're responsible and they follow the law mm -hmm. that they could have saved themselves. And I'm looking at if I'm on a school board, I, I guarantee you my vote would be that we would have responsible gun ownership allowed on, on campus mm -hmm. because I wouldn't want my daughter or any else, anyone else's daughter not to at least have the right to protect themselves. Well, Dan, I'm right there with you. And that's why you and I will never be on a school board. Right, right. <laughs> They'll never elect us. Never but, elect. Uh, you know, here in, in Arizona, there's been a big hubbub going on about the critical race theory at one of our local um, school board meetings. And a friend of mine said that uh, on Facebook, you know, he's like, I'm going to go run uh, for school board next time. He's conservative. Uh, and I said, you know what, I'll run too. And that'll ensure that they elect you because there's no way they're going to let the lady who owns AZ firearms, you know, come on. <laughs> well, don't get me started on critical race theory. I'm wearing the shirt, so I got to remain impartial while the, while the shirt is on. That's true. We won't we won't get into that right now. Um, so moving along, the Second Amendment Institute has a powerhouse board of directors, and I myself am so proud to sit. The and, first thing too. Was I one you, of the first? You you were in the first round. Yeah, we. Uh, you know you you know yourself. Um, we have Mosh Torre who runs Black Guns Matter. We've got, you know, um, Donia Vizzi, who's a three-time world champion shooter for Trap and Skeet, and only 26, by the way. It's pretty darn impressive. I can't shoot to save my life. She is awesome. Um, we've got, you know, newly brought on Jara Hutchins in Texas. We've got George Lyon, who's one of the best gun rights attorneys in the country. And whenever I introduce him is that, he always corrects me and says, uh, in D.C. And I'm like, no, we're going to give you country. Uh, so <laughs> It, it's a good lineup. I know, Cheryl, you were definitely in the in the first round of uh, invitees, probably back to 2017 now, I think. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to have some more people coming on soon, looking at some more options to, to, to grow our board. Um, and we also have great executive officers as well. Absolutely. Tyler, look at me. Group. Look at me. You yes, can sir. shoot to save your life. Okay, you said okay, you could yes, shoot. Okay, yes, okay. You can shoot to save your life. <laughs> that was a bad choice of words. I can shoot to save my life. I can't shoot competitively. That's the difference. Okay. All right. Okay. And and not like um, our new young board member. I mean, holy moly. No. I that she's like incredible. Danya. I mean, she does these yoga this yoga stuff while shooting her shotgun, and I'm just right? like <laughs> we can't shoot like I, that. I am. Yeah, I can't. For sure. Um, and I, I don't remember if you said Beth Walker. Did you mention Beth Walker? Uh, yeah, Beth Walker. She's our, our youngest board member, actually. Um, Beth Walker is just a total badass altogether. And uh, another competitive shooter. Oh, another competitive shooter. Yeah, three gun, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's just, I mean, all over the place doing competitions, educating people. Um, you know, a few years ago, I was in her shoes. Now I'm you're going to be 29 in September. And I look at her, I'm like, 
That was just a few years ago. I was like that. Now I'm getting old, and you know. Oh, you poor guy, 29. <laughs> I get up, you know. It's it's bad. So, but no, Beth Walker is incredible, and um, she's done a lot to help us. And you know, she's part of also the DC projects, which you are part of as well, Cheryl. Um, mm-hmm. And DC projects probably my favorite gun rights organization besides SAI. You know, no bias there. And, <laughs> You know, she's, she's been great. She really has. And yes, I, I do. That is one of the hats I wear is um, being the state director here in Arizona for the DC project, Women for Gun Rights. We are the counter visual and the counter voice to those moms demand some unnamed action uh, that just wants to disarm everybody. There we mm-hmm. are. Well, I'm giving, I'm, giving, I'm giving DC project a little, little you know, shout out here. They've got these great one pagers i'm currently making one for sai because why reinvent the wheel yeah. uh, and it's how to talk about gun safety and protecting the civil rights of all americans and it's got some great pointers on here pretty sure it's on their website if not you can ask cheryl or ask me Absolutely. but um, and the key yeah. the the most basic key to that is speak from your own experience right and so you know you have done such an amazing job uh of bringing the conversation and keeping the conversation about um, gun rights uh, for college students because you started this whole journey when you were in college. Is that right? Yeah, I did. I started um, Students for the Second Amendment in college and, you know, I turned 21, bought a gun, didn't go out and, you know, get crazy stupid. And then I formed this organization and we were within the top five of registered student organizations. And then within one semester, I'd say about 120 active members um, competing with college Republicans, college Democrats, um, the the Jewish organization on campus. And we brought in Katie Pavlich from Fox News. We had the Leadership Institute help us out a lot. Um, And our our big thing that put us on on the map was, I went to the university and said, look, I want $700 capital request fund for ammunition because we teach responsible firearm ownership and you can't do that without learning how to shoot. No, no brainer, right? University is like, no way we're giving you the money. So I threatened to sue and they caved and wrote me a check for $498, not $500, (laughs) $498. Big screw you to me. And uh, we went to Cabela's with the check, bought $500 worth of ammo and then went to the machine gun shoot and shot it all off. And, um, that was that really got me interested in national level advocacy, not just you know on college campuses. And from that, graduated and then started um, the Second Amendment Institute with the help of um, Chris Hunt, who's one of our directors, and uh, Dick Heller as well from DCB Heller. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a journey, and we actually have our five year anniversary coming up in June. Uh, end of June. So we'll be doing something for that too. So stand by on that. I'm trying to figure out who I can get out to, who I can get to come out for that. Absolutely. Well, exciting stuff, always happening, always going on. And I am super uh, looking forward to this year's Defending Freedom Action Summit in Richmond, Virginia. What do you call it, Cheryl? (laughs) Okay. So it's, it's DFA with an S on the end. And my my very much cooler than I am daughter, whenever she would look at the emails I would send her about it, she'd say, she would call it the defa. So 
I call Tyler and I'm like, hey, how about the defa? And I remember Tyler, you were like, okay, wait, I'm I'm uncomfortable because <laughs> Cheryl's like my mom and she's saying defa. <laughs> I you know, I I thought about changing the name, but it'd been too much work. I was like, I got other stuff to do. I love it and and I love cracking myself up every time I say the fuck so there's that <laughs> and that's what we're saying to all the anti-gunners all the the, the anti-rights people we're like the fuck <laughs> all the time so it's double meaning it works I love it all right well as we start wrapping up please tell folks how they can follow you and get involved in whatever way they want to with the uh, Defending Freedom Action Summit, um, whether they want to sponsor, whether they want to attend, uh, all those things. Okay, you're gonna take anything away from this amazing interview in regards to the conference, here's your soundbite. DFASummit.com, right? It's gonna be in Richmond, Virginia, September 25th and 26th. Uh, you can use code FREEDOM at checkout for 20% off, which will be good until the end of May. Ooh. It's pretty darn good. Price brings it right below 100 bucks for an incredible two-day conference. And for the SAI website, it's just sainational.org. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Second Amendment Institute. And we do have a Instagram for Defending Freedom Action Summit, which is just DFA Summit. Uh, easy squeezy lemon peasy. So check those out. And um, that would be greatly appreciated. Get your tickets now because they're going fast. That's awesome. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for putting this uh, summit together. And I can't wait to see you in September 25th and 26th. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you Thanks, so much Tom. for having me. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's so funny that he asked me about that on the air. That was kind of our yeah, little private joke. <laughs> So, um, no, that's so great to see someone who is, you know, young, like Tyler, and, you know, he's building his, um, his career, and he's taken all of this time and all of this energy to help build this uh, Second Amendment Institute and do the work on college campuses, and, you know, there's people that are, you know, already established in their career that have a different level of energy that they have to put into that that aren't doing that kind of work and so i just really admire that what would we be without the Tyler's? that's true in america i mean yeah, you know it's just it's just amazing that we have a good group of people out there trying to defend our rights which we shouldn't have to do um, you know i mean but our founders did say two things it's a republic they always said the two things <laughs> they said more than two things you have a republic if you can keep it, right? I believe that was Benjamin Franklin. And the second thing is, well, how are we going to keep it? Eternal vigilance. Right. Like no naps. There's no days off. There's no, uh, you know, delegating uh, our authority, which we've done all of those. We've taken days off. We've taken naps. And the other side, they are not. And it shows okay so this country started out where we're all free and everything's cool and one of the people okay so if if you want to live in the pines what do you do go you move in. and live in the pines you want to live by the beach what do you do you go live by the beach 
if you don't want to have a free country, what do you do? Leave. The country was founded. This is what it is. This is where you're at. You may have been born here and you don't like it. Well, leave. You know, just get it. Because there are a lot of people in this country that like the way the, the country was and wants to bring it back to what it was. Well, that was We're free. Yeah, that was really an interesting analogy. I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, what if I said I live here in Arizona in a suburb near Phoenix, and I'm like, well, I just really want sea air. I just really want to live by the ocean. And so somebody needs to make that happen for me. Right. We need to clear out these neighborhoods and we need to bring in a bunch of sand and we need to figure out how to get the, the ocean water here. Right. No, it's not how it works. That no. was a great analogy. You I love that. Know and there's so many people that are unhappy here. Then yeah. why don't you just leave? Because that'll give us more space to make the ones that are happy more happy. Right. Well, we should do a one for one. Exchange. I mean, we love California. We love to go to California. We love the beach. Right. But if it's not what we want. Yeah. If we wanted it, we'd go there and we'd be part of their whatever that that is that they do there. But, <laughs> but we, you know, we live in Arizona. We're a free state, and you know, we're slowly losing that. But we're going to fight to keep it because it's ours. So what if we did? I think you said this on another show, one for one uh, exchange. So somebody that has, you know, basically risked life and limb, yeah. right, to flee the very things that some people here are trying to vote in and cause to have happen here in America. Uh, so somebody that understands the value of freedom right. will trade one of them. Shoot, we'll give you two of ours for one of yours. Two for one. It's a bargain. It's, yes. It's so we'll take, we'll start at the top of the chain yep. with some political ones that yep. really hate America. Yeah. And, and they go as far as way up. Right? Like you're a Marxist. Awesome. We'll find somebody that came from a Marxist that company, doesn't want to be a country, yeah. and there you go. Everybody's happy. Yeah, you get to go, and you know what? And you can explore the world and see amazing things that you've never seen before. Shoot, we'll give you a pair of Levi's and twenty bucks too. I don't know if we should go that far because you know Levi's were probably oh, right. oh, you know capitalism, yeah, right. so they wouldn't want that. So, but seriously, I mean, why? I mean, if I didn't like Arizona, what would I do? I would find a way to, I would do just like people that want to come to our country. They find a way to do it. They didn't try to change. They couldn't change it. Mexico, you can't change it. Venezuela, it's, it's, they had it, they lost it. Yeah, oh my gosh. I feel and like they, we're on the Venezuelan timeline. We are, and if we're not so, careful, we're the last one. Up. What country? Has as many rights. Who? What con? What has a constitution like ours? There's not a country out there. No, you know, our like government Mexico? doesn't give us our rights. That is one of the things that just makes me right. twitch a little bit when I hear people say anything that sounds like our government gives us yeah. our rights. In Mexico, no, they had a not. constitution that allowed you to own guns in Mexico, mm -hmm. and now they have taken those away. So they. The difference between them, they made a constitution based on, well, the government will give you this, the government will give you that, and that was their constitution. Our constitution was built on, we, the people, yeah. will give the government what it needs. Yeah. Not it's upside the down opposite. Right now. And look oh. at Canada. By the stroke of a pen, their ruler um, decided that, okay, all these kind of guns are illegal. Yeah. Stroke of a pen, right? Why? Because they don't have the protection. People don't run. No. That 
our, our God-given rights are delineated are, as a constitutional and legal, legally protected in our constitution and our bill of rights. They didn't, they don't have that. So, so if we have a president, they could go to Canada. Awesome. Because I think <clears throat> there's some. Because he doesn't like guns. If you don't like guns. Yeah. You can leave. And he's constantly, Biden is constantly saying things that if you did what he said, you would be breaking the law, right? Like yeah. he says, shoot through a door. Like you hear a noise. Shoot know? in the air. And then he says, shoot it in the air. Go out on the back porch. He said he would tell his wife, uh, go out on the back porch and shoot your firearm up in the air. Well, what happens to things that are shot up in the air? All that goes up they, must come down. That's right. And people have died from those projectiles tumbling back down to earth um, but biden also said that thing you know and, that thing yeah that thing you know the you thing know the thing this probably this and the constitution thing can be about. the constitution can be changed oh he says no no amendment is absolute so i guess you know the 19th amendment which was the one that secured the right for women to vote so that's yeah. not absolute so the next time it's time to vote Maybe I guess they get vote. right. Well, they'll probably say, "Well, how do you intend to vote?" And if you intend to vote conservative or Republican, nope, you can't vote. Because why? Because no uh, amendment is absolute. That's probably where that's and going. Right now, what is it? The tenth that the states have to control, and uh, uh, the states, states have rights control, or the states rights, amendment. and mm -hmm. they could change that so that they don't have it anymore. And then they could come in there with a slew of new laws. The people, look, if you don't like it here, leave. <laughs> Just leave. You sound like a grumpy old man. Get I off am, my lawn. I am a grump. Get off my lawn. All right, we got to get out of hey, here. Hey, you know what? what? Let's pray for our nation. Oh, wait. No, wait. Tyler? Yes. Is it Gary? Yes. Thank you very much for being on the show with us today. Thank you for that young spirit and getting people involved and getting the younger generation involved because it does start. As soon as you leave your home, you leave. You, now you have so many more rights that you didn't have in your own because you're at the rule of your parents. Mm -hmm. And now you have these rights and you come into college and they're telling you, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. Don't let them do that to you. Mm -hmm. You're an adult now. Listen to Tyler. Absolutely. Second Amendment Institute. Thank you so much, Tyler, for being our great, awesome guest. Thank you to all of our listeners all across the world. Uh, we value you so much, your time. Even the ones that might not surely agree with us. Yes. Especially definitely those. the people who take time to listen who are arguing with us right now in your mind that's beautiful that's amazing and um you know your time is your most precious uh resource and when you spend it with us we notice it we value it it matters and yeah. thank you so much and even if you do agree with us you know this is a, a jumping off point right? Don't just gobble down what we say or our subject matter experts say. Use it as a place to go, huh, well, what if, you know, they were wrong about this? Or I'm not sure I agree with that. Awesome. That's fantastic. Right. So then go and start doing some research. Um, but be sure you use trustworthy sources. As and have conversations with others. Resource. Yeah. Not arguments, mm -hmm. conversations with others. Absolutely. All right. And if you've missed any portion of this show, you can watch it on video at OpsLens, which is a smartphone app at YouTube or GunStreamer. 
And if you want to listen to the audio-only version, go to gunfreedomradio.com, click the On Demand tab, and binge listen to your heart's content. Darling. All of the episodes we have there. All right, gang. Thank you so much. Until next time, we are going to pray for this nation. Pray for our leaders. He said it. He said leaders. People in leadership positions. Let's pray for them. How about the ones we don't like? Yeah. Even them? They said leaders. Maybe even especially for the ones you don't like. I like said leaders. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right, everybody. Be good to each other. Have a great week. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye.